So, um, so we run, we, so I have the record 285 miles per hour at 5.09 seconds, That's crazy. which, um, yeah, we just broke the record a month ago with, with our, our time. So you so, did. Yes. So you I did. broke a record in your final season. At yes. Least. <laughs> yeah. So how cool is that? Yeah. Broke a record. Um, I, I have, so that's for the time. So I don't have the mile per hour record. I am just like a 10th off. Okay. Actually, my sister has gone faster than me driving my car. of Side Boobs Inside Hustles. I'm your host, Brittany Ferris. Um, apologies in advance if you can hear my little dog snoring. I don't want to move him. He's being so cute, but he is very loud. Um, today's episode is super awesome. It is with Megan Meyer, and she is a professional dragster racer. She is actually the NHRA world champion, so she's like the shit. She's not just like a racer. She's like the shit. So I'm super pumped I was able to sit down and interview her. We have been um, Instagram friends for a few years. Just she's kind of in the hunting world too and we connected on that level and just being able to watch all the cool stuff that she does um, over the years has been awesome and I didn't know this but she is retiring this year. So this is her last year that she will be racing. She is looking forward to just living a little bit more of a normal life, being able to go to people's weddings and birthday parties and have kids and settle down because racing is a huge time commitment. Um, so yeah, I'm excited for you guys to hear her interview. She's also, she also launched an e-course, which is available now, and I will link that on the episode. It is to help people with branding and sponsorship and that kind of thing. I think it's mostly geared towards like the racing world, but I think that it can be used across multiple platforms. I think it's pretty generalized. But before we get to the interview, I'm going to do high key, low key. High key, low key is where I share a high and a low point in my life right now. Um, High key, I am heading to Texas sometime next week. I don't even really for sure know the dates. I think it's towards the end of the week for what is called round top. Um, I don't know what it is. I have no idea. I haven't taken the time to look it up. According to Kendall and her mom and all of her mom's friends, it's really awesome and really fun. Um, It's like a four-day event. I'm sure that because of COVID, it's a little bit smaller and not all of the events are going to be going on, but uh, I don't know. I'm going down there. We'll see what it is when I get there. I literally have no idea. But I have every intention of dressing like a true Western Miranda Lambert queen. And I'm going to be very excessive and annoying about it. So really looking forward to that. Um, And then after that, I'm staying down for a couple extra days and we are going bow fishing, I believe, according to Kendall. I don't know. Again, I just go with the flow. I show up places, whatever happens, happens. So low-key, I almost backed into somebody the other day. And I don't mean that in the sense of like, I kind of almost backed into somebody. I mean, like, he literally had to jump out of the way because I almost hit him. I don't mean to laugh, but now it's it's kind of funny now. I almost cried in the moment because so I I had pulled into a spot and I was kind of close to this car. So I was trying to like back out and like straighten up a little bit and get further away. And when I back out, I, I back out fast. I do. I'm not I'm not a slow. I don't do anything slow. So I'm like going fast backing back out of this spot to straighten up and I remember seeing this guy walking and he was like a good 30 yards away when I saw him originally so I don't know if he ran to get behind me as quickly as he did because I just don't think he should have been able to make it to me in the amount of time from when I saw him and from when I almost hit him um and my backup sensors I don't even think they went off I don't know I kind of blacked out but I literally like I'm looking in my mirror because I'm looking I'm not just like going that's why I think he was running I think he ran so fast that my sensors didn't see him and I couldn't see him but I look to my left mirror and I see him jumping out of the way and I am like oh my god I hit this guy what do I do is he okay I like my eyes start filling with tears because I'm freaking out I roll down my window and I'm like, 
are you okay? Oh my, like, I, I'm a little bit traumatized, I think, from this experience. Because like I said, it was not a slow back out. It was like a full speed back out. Um, but he is fine. I didn't actually hit him. I guess he's pretty agile. So I am glad that he is okay and I didn't hit him. Um, since then, I've been very cautious about backing out of stalls. So I don't think I'll be hitting anybody else in the future. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, a little bit of a travel update as far as all the things going on. Texas next week. And then I just booked a trip to West Palm Beach for a Turning Point event. Um, I'm kind of surprised it's not canceled, but it has already been rescheduled once. So I'm hoping that that still goes on. Um, potentially going to New York in December. And I also just rebooked my flights for a friend's wedding in Malibu, California. So that's just... A couple of the things. Also going up to like Nebraska or Missouri to film a hunt too, I think. Not a ton, a ton of traveling still going on, but some new places. I have not been to West Palm Beach. I haven't been to Malibu. So yeah, that'll be fun. All right, that is all that I have today. Again, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Tell your friends share a post on Instagram, tag me. I will shout you out, leave a review. All the things help get the name out there. Um, there is some talk of like maybe some merch coming out soon. So working on that, um, I will give a little more details and sneaks with that information later. Cause it's still kind of fresh and I don't want to give too much away, but that's all I have. Have a good Wednesday. Have a good rest of your week. And here is Megan Meyer. All right, guys, I am sitting down with Megan Meyer today up in Kansas City at her shop. Um, we have been Instagram friends following each other for a few years now. Yeah. And when I started the podcast, you were one of the people that I wanted to talk to just because I feel like what you're doing is so unique and so different. And yeah. when I was younger, I saw that movie on Disney where the sisters were dragged. Yes. I'm sure you get this reference oh, yeah. all the no, time. Yep, it's called Ride on Track, and yep. they still race. I'm friends with them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. I didn't even know they were real people, I'm going to be honest. Yes. No, they are. Yeah. And they, well, one of them still races. The other one does their media. Okay, very cool. Well, yeah. I saw that. I wanted to do it. My grandpa bought some sort of a drag car at one point, and I thought that was where I was going to be in life. I'm not. That's not, not where I am, but not. I'm excited to be here. Um, so give us a little bit of your backstory, who you are, what you got going yeah. on. Yeah. I'm Megan Meyer. Um, I have been driving for 17 years and I'm going to retire at the end of 2020, which I have about two races left. Um, I started out with what's called a junior dragster, which I started when I was 10. You can now start when you're five years old. Oh racing my gosh. Them. Yeah, they go, they only run eighth of a mile. They go, they start out at 30 miles per hour and can go up to 80, which is like way faster than like any type of streetcar there is in that short of a distance. Um, so we did that for six years, or sorry, I did that for eight years, won two championships with that. I moved on to what's called super comp, which is what I think your grandpa, what you were talking about, uh -huh. the car that your grandpa has. I did that for six years when I was in college and um, I wasn't too great at it because it's a very difficult very competitive class to race in like thousands of a second like you have to be absolutely perfect when you drive one of those cars um I was okay at it <laughs> I, wasn't, yeah. I wasn't great but um I moved up to what's called the top alcohol dragster class which that's what my dad has been racing pretty much my entire childhood mm -hmm. so me and my sister we grew up going to his races watching him race um if we weren't racing, we were at his races. Um, he travels all over the country for it. Whereas for us, we just stayed in the Kansas City area. And then um, when I was, let's see, I was about like 20 years old. I started licensing in his car, which to to run in an HRA, which is the series that I'm in, you have to get a license to run in a certain class, which okay. just means you have to go a certain speed in the full quarter mile distance um you have to go like over 250 miles per hour in like under six seconds 
which <laughs> is like it's Crazy. really fast but once you're actually like in competition that's like actually pretty slow okay but you just have to like have a couple passes proving that you can go that fast like you can physically handle the car so I did that I actually made 50 runs before I actually even got my license which now we can license someone in one day Um, which we just did that because we knew that while I was in college I wasn't going to license until I graduated from college because I knew like I wanted to be a full-time like professional racer like growing up my whole life that's I wanted to do what my dad did like yeah I wanted that to be my full-time job so we took it really slow so that way I'd get the most experience which paid off I got second place at my first race um right out of school I won my second race which was in Charlotte and since then I have won at Charlotte like five or six times. Wow. So that's like my favorite place to race at. It's yeah. the best facility that we go to. Um, and then last year I won the championship at Charlotte. We clinched it there. Um, and then this year um, we haven't got to race there because yeah. of COVID, which really sucks. Cause I wanted my last year, I wanted to win another championship yeah. in Charlotte, but we haven't got the chance to. <laughs> well, I, when I got here, I didn't know that she was retiring I just found out along with you guys so (laughs) surprised yeah that would suck to have your last year kind of be hindered by a pandemic yeah so typically like up to this point in a season we would already be at like 15 races in Mm -hmm. um this year we've only done two national events which are like the really big ones that are like on tv and then we also race in another series, which is like smaller races that they don't televise, but they do like live streaming on YouTube for them. And for these smaller races, which is what we call regional, just because we race in the Midwest uh-huh. for that. Um, let's see. I did we did Louisiana, Topeka, um, and then we went to, oh my gosh, why is my mind going blank? It'll come um, to you. <laughs> we went to Iowa, oh, Columbus. Because I won the Columbus race. Okay. And then there was one more. So we did five. So I've only done seven races this year. Wow. Which is like half of what we typically would be doing. That's crazy. Are they yeah. letting fans in at all? Or? They are, yes. So we um, we started racing like end of February. And then March is when quarantine started. So we, we did one race the end of May. So it was like a two-month break. And then we had like another two-month break. We didn't race again until end of July. Wow. After July, they started letting fans in. They were at like... 25% capacity. Now I think they're at like 50% capacity. Okay. Well, at least you got some people cheering for yeah. you. I'm like, when's your last race? Can I try to make it? I don't know. I feel like I need to be there somehow. <laughs> yeah. Well, it all depends on COVID. So yeah. it could be in Dallas, which is in a couple weeks, or it could be in November in Vegas. But now they're saying Vegas isn't letting spectators come in like PBR and NASCAR they're like you cannot have any spectators you can still have your events mm-hmm. but you can't have spectators and for drag racing it's not really possible to race without spectators because the entry money that they get is what pays the prize money for the racers okay so if there's no people there to there's watch no then there's no there. money to race so they there's a lot of rumors that they're not going to have it in Vegas that they're going to either move it somewhere else or just cancel it all together okay well, I hope that you get a yeah, at least do which, two for your final. Which, like, it's so hard. Like, so I'm in charge of scheduling, like, flights and, like, hotels and all that stuff for all of our crew guys. And, like, it's been so hard this year because, like, NHRA doesn't tell us what the schedule is until, like, two weeks before a race. And they're like, okay, we're for sure going to race this weekend. So figure it so, out. So, yeah. So then it's like $800 for a plane ticket. And it's like, oh my gosh. That's crazy. How many yeah. crew members are usually traveling? Usually we only do three per car. So we run okay. two cars at a time. So six guys and then plus driver. So that's that's four per car. And then my dad, which he's the tuner. So he tunes both cars. Okay. So about four and a half. per car which other teams um they will have usually between like five to seven so like we're on the low end for the amount of people we bring in but for us it works out so much better because it's just less people in the way they're more um like they can pretty much do anything on the cars whereas like other teams it's very specialized so it's like one person can only do clutch like one person does bottom end one person does heads or for us it's more like 
you can just do all of we this. can do it all we <laughs> yeah. gotta figure it out <laughs> so this has been like your whole life have you had other jobs or has this just been your thing like this this has been my entire life like I could only do sports that revolved around the race schedule so like I only did cheerleading was the only sport yeah. I did cheer and gymnastics and then like we did 4-H growing up okay because it like it worked well with the racing schedule like like wanted to do other sports like softball and all that but we never had the chance to because we were always gone so the racing is when when is the season um the regular season is um the beginning of february so like super bowl weekend to thanksgiving which only gives you like a long season (laughs) yeah two months off season for us we always skip the first race because it's in california and it's just too long of a drive from kansas to california because then the next one is in florida so it's like why would we drive all the way across the country so we always skip the first one so we don't actually start till march okay but then we still end in november very cool um, so for people who don't know, what is the difference between dragster racing versus other like, races? Like NASCAR? Yes. <laughs> so so like NASCAR is in a circle, obviously. We race in a straight line, and it's only a quarter mile long. So um, so we run – we so I have the record 285 miles per hour at 5.09 seconds. That's crazy. Which, um, yeah, we just broke the record – a month ago with with our our time so you so, did yes so you I did. broke a record in your final season at yes least. <laughs> yeah so how cool is that yeah. broke a record um i i have so that's for the time so i don't have the mile per hour record i am just like a tenth off okay. actually my sister has gone faster than me driving my car Oh. So I got it. That's my goal for by the end of the year. I have to go faster than my sister. <laughs> that's a good goal to compete with your sister yeah. at least. So dragster is just a very short, quick race. Are you doing yeah. multiple? It's only two at a time. So you, okay. you just have a right side and a left side. And so the, the way how we race, you get two or three qualifying runs. And then the order of qualifying is just um, based on how fast you go. So the fastest person will be number one slowest will be at the end so we usually qualify 16 cars we could have anywhere from I mean you could only have like two cars show up to race or you Mm -hmm. could have 25 show up to race it kind of depends but average is 16 so after we qualify and like the the ladder is set then they they do a bracket kind of like basketball so so number one races number 16 and then whoever wins moves to the next round and then number two races number 15 whoever wins moves on to the next round so you'll start out with 16 and then you'll have eight winners from there and then it goes to four and then it goes to two which is the final round and then whoever wins out of those two is the winner and gets the money and the trophy in my mind that's way more exciting than watching somebody go around in a circle yeah i have been to nascar at the speedway and i don't love it um most of the time when i go i'm in the the infield and so you can't see anything at all it's just really loud you can't talk to anybody until like there's a crash and then you're just waiting for that to be able to like have a conversation yeah um but like I bet it would be a lot cooler like being in the stands but I haven't really had a chance to so (laughs) that's awesome so what is it like going that fast or doing um it's really hard to explain but the the best comparison that I've figured out just by talking to spectators is it's very similar to skydiving okay which a lot of people haven't done that either so it's hard to compare it to that okay okay yeah so I haven't gone skydiving so I can't personally like compare it but just like from the g-forces and everything they've said it's like very similar to that so or you could say it's like the most intense roller coaster like times 10 okay so for us, um, so we have a tree with like the green light. So as soon as you see the green light on, then you go. We're at an idle, like we don't rev it up or anything. So we have a clutch pedal, a gas pedal, and we actually have a, a handlebar for the brake. So that way we're not trying to swap feet. So whenever we're getting ready for that light to come on, we, we let the clutch out all the way. And it's kind of like driving a manual car, but it won't actually die. When you do that so you just have the brake on your 
your clutch is out and then you just have like your foot resting on the gas pedal as soon as you see that green light you have to step on the pedal and go and it's the most g-forces i've had is four and a half g's so i have to have like a whole like system that like holds my head down because or else my neck would be like this and like you can't see anything yeah so we have a complete like a thing that connects our what's called a Hans device so it connects our helmet to like our suit and then I have a thing that connects my chin to my seat belts so that way my head doesn't move <laughs> that's crazy <laughs> and then once you're actually sitting in the car you literally can't see anything except for like what's right in front of you because you're so far back like with the roll cage and like the body like your per- peripherals are like covered so you can just only see like right what's there. exactly in front of you do you actually have to stay steer straight like could you not if it you're a good pretty driver. Pretty much just goes straight. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine trying to you, go a direction going. That yeah. Fast. Like, honestly, like you just gotta turn the steering wheel like this much. Okay. Um, but like, if you're not that great at it, then mm-hmm. they'll probably be all over the place. They'll get out of the groove, and when you get out of the groove, then it like kind of pulls you one way because like one tire is sticking, the other car- tire is like spinning. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so if you as long as you like because you do a burnout and you back up so as long as you back up straight then you're perfectly fine okay good <laughs> i'm like i just can't imagine trying to like go having to be able to figure out what yeah. way to go no my dad house. drives with one hand so oh. like the more you do it the easier it is gotcha. obviously and like my dad's been re- like he drove for 35 years so he's like it's a walk in the park. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> so what, what has his career been like? Is this all he's doing too? Well, he didn't start till he was like in his twenties. Okay. So he is originally from Indiana, grew up on a farm, has nine brothers and sisters. They, uh, most of them stayed on the farm. He was number four out of the count. <laughs> so his mm-hmm. oldest brother came to Kansas city to go to Votech school to be a mechanic. So one day my dad jumped on a Greyhound bus and he has this whole story of how he got lost because he didn't understand the bus went from Indiana. He thought it'd go from Indiana straight to Kansas City. Like he didn't know it'd stop like in St. Louis. And so like he fell asleep and like just got off the bus and he's like not in Kansas City and they didn't have cell phones back then. So like he had no no way of calling his brother and be like, hey, I missed the bus. So he's got this huge this whole story about it. Um, so he just came down to visit his brother, my uncle, and just like never went back home. And he was like, he was like 18, 19 at the time. Um, they, so back then you could drink when you were like 18. So they just like get hammered, like go out to the bars, like have fun. And then because my brother or my uncle was a mechanic, like they'd go out to the races. And so that's kind of how they got started in the drag racing world. They started um, like building race cars for people and then like building motors and just like kind of went off from there. My dad started driving in like the late seventies and it was with a a front engine car. So like it's a dragster, but the motor's in front of you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he said it was like the funnest thing he's ever drove. Um, from there, he was pretty successful with that. From there, he then moved up to top fuel, which is the highest class that you can be in in drag racing. And back then there was a couple of different series. Right now there's only two series and the biggest one is NHRA, which is what we race in now. Okay. He did that just for a couple of years because then that's when me and my sister were born. So then he kind of like took a step back and then he got into the top alcohol class, which is what um, we're doing now. So he's been in this class, like in this series for 20 years. That's crazy. Is it just yeah. you and your sister? Do you have other siblings? We have, um, well, other siblings. I have a half brother and half sister. Okay. So we have different dads. Um, so they never got into the racing. Okay, that's what I was wondering. Like, yeah. The girls that raced for the dad. Like- mm-hmm. Yeah, they were, um, they were older. They were probably like 10, 12, whenever my mom and my dad got married. So they were like, meh, I'm not, not into it. Yeah. So, um, but then, yeah, once me and my sister were born, it was like from day one, like we either were at the track with him doing our own thing, or we'd have to like be at our grandparents' house or like we'd spend the night at a friend's house because my parents were gone all the time. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. So what is it like being in a, I, what I assume is a predominantly male 
industry. It is. Yeah. I, mean, I assume that there's not a bunch yeah, of girls it is, out there. Um, but there is a lot more females getting into it. So like for us, we have three female drivers. So me, my sister, and then there's another girl. And um, it's been interesting. It hasn't been as um, like complicated as you would think for us because we've done it our whole life. Like the people I race with now, most of them like saw me and my sister grow up. Like they, they raced with my dad. Um, but there's, there's like a couple new people now that, um, they just kind of think they're all that. And they're just like, they don't understand like our history with it. Um, the, the two biggest things that I don't like about it are the creepy fans, which mm-hmm. every person on social media has the creepers. Yeah. And then the, um, this hasn't happened directly for us, but like we've heard about it from other racers that it's really hard to get sponsorships because they're a girl. Okay. And you would think it wouldn't be like that. You would think like girls would get more media and like yeah. more attention. They're better at posting than guys, I would say. Yeah. No, I agree. But the sponsors, they're very old school and it's like locker room mentality. Like now they have to be like professional and like use the right language, like when they're around females. Whereas like when they're working with a guy driver, they can talk and act however they want to. Yeah. So that's kind of like I said, it hasn't happened personally for us, but other girls that race have ran into that issue. So yeah. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's really, it really doesn't make a difference at all because the car doesn't know who's driving it. The car yeah. doesn't know what your gender is. It's just how skilled of a driver are you? And the skill is just how much time and work are you going to put into like, for us, the biggest thing is your reaction time. Mm-hmm. So like, how much are you going to practice that when you're not in the race car? Or like, how many times can you like go testing and, and actually practice like, driving the car, which is very expensive because you're still using up all your parts and oil and gas. Yeah. But that's going to make you such a better driver. And so it's just more about, about how much time you can do to, to practice versus, oh, like I'm a girl, I get better reaction times. Yeah. (laughs) It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so you've talked about your sister and another girl being on the team and I kind of noticed that there's a team. How big is this Meyer racing team? So, we have three cars. We only run two um, at a time. We did run all three cars for the very first time earlier this year, which um, was the biggest drag race of the year that we have. It's called the U.S. Nationals. And we actually had to do two races in one weekend. So um, for that that second race, it's just a special event that like it takes a year to qualify. They only take the eight best racers, and then it's what's called the all-star. So it's just, like, whoever wins that has, just has like, bragging rights. They, like, oh, I'm the best of the best for this year. Okay. So it's not it's not based on, like, points or, like, a championship. And so me, my sister, and the other girl, Julie, all qualified for that special race. Oh, wow. So we were, like, okay, like, do we just not let someone race or do we bring out all three cars? Yeah. And we're like, okay, let's try to run all three cars. So we had to borrow another trailer. Um, We had to bring in more crew guys. Like we had to make sure we had like enough oil and like spark plugs and like paper towels, like stuff you don't think about. It's like, like, oh, what if we run out of like cleaner? Yeah. Oh yeah. Like we have to pack that up in the trailer. So, um, so that was the, the first and only time we've run all three cars. It actually went, a lot smoother than we thought it would be because the guys that we brought out to work on the cars were like our best guys and like knew the routine and like knew to not bother my dad because he's never had to tune three cars which like two is plenty for him because like he's old and like he forgets stuff and like the cars are very different like the parts you run on one car you can't necessarily run them on another car gotcha um and so just because that's the way how we like have them set up a lot of it's based on the style of how the person drives. Um, but anyways, um, so, um, so we, we usually just run three or sorry, usually only run two cars at a time. So I run full time. The most I do is uh, 17 races because that's what you're limited to, to count for points. Uh And then, um, 
the other two girls so my sister only races part-time because she she works full-time so she just whatever vacation days she can use she'll come out to races and then the other girl um julie she's she's um she has been part-time for a while because she was still in college she's younger than us um, but then she graduated two years ago so ever since then she's been full-time but her and my sister share a car and then okay. my car is full-time is my car yeah <laughs> so. so it's a team of three girls yes three girls cool and then that? um like sometimes we'll have um like other people come in and drive like if they just want to do like one race a year then we have a couple of people on our team that have have done it for a couple of years so like we trust them yeah um so there was a girl but she actually quit and went to another team and then we have a guy that's been on our team for um three or four years and so he just does like one or two races a year so he'll usually go to races that like I'm not at because he yeah. can drive like he can drive my car or like the other one of like our spare car or something like that so three main drivers and then like a couple like very very part-time this is like a whole production this is crazy to me it is yeah so we, yeah we kind of talked about this before we started recording but like the payment aspect of everything like this has got to cost a lot of money to make yeah. happen. Like how, how is that happening? I know sponsors are a thing, but like mm-hmm. what goes in and out of like yeah. paying all these crew members and getting all the parts and all of that. Yeah. It is very expensive. And, um, to be honest, a lot of it just comes from saving up over the yeah. years. Um, we do have sponsors. So like NGK spark plugs is my title sponsor. So they contribute a lot, um, to have like the big primary spot on the car. They have the, their logo, like on our uniforms and stuff. And then I post about them all the time. Lucas oil is our second, um, title sponsor. They, um, it's not as much funding, but with them and also with NGK, they also give us free product. So in a okay. year, we'll go through about 5,500 spark plugs because we have to change oh the spark plug every single run. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah, and it's we do 16 at a time because it's two per cylinder. And so 16 spark plugs every run times two cars times on average, we make seven runs in a weekend. Oh my gosh. So I can't do that math, no, but times that times like 20 races in a year. It's That's a lot of spark crazy. plugs. So, so they give us free spark plugs and they give us funding, which helps out a lot. Yeah. Same thing. Um, most of our sponsors are just product sponsors where yeah. it's not really in their budget to, to give money, but they can give free product. Yeah. Which helps. Yeah. It helps a lot. So a lot of our parts come from, come from that. Um, and then like whenever we do like we call it rent a ride so like for julie like she rents out the truck and trailer the car the crew the parts she rents all of that from us so that way she's able to drive because she can't afford to have her own car so that that brings in some good income because we're we're charging extra for that yeah and then um with like a couple of the other drivers that are just like rental like one or two times a year they have to pay a little bit extra to be able to race because they're using everything yeah so that's the income and then we also get prize money and contingency from winning races so contingency is only if you get first or second place it's not a whole lot of money it's only so like for the big national events we do, it's $300 if you win and $100 if you runner up for each of the like, we'll have a bunch of like little stickers on the back of the car. So for each of those stickers, they'll give you like 300 bucks, which, which only adds up to like for your meals for the weekend. Yeah, it only adds up to like $2,000, I think. So like not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and then prize money so you get prize money just for like showing up for a race which helps but if you win the race then it's a lot more it's still not it's only five thousand so it's still not like enough to pay so for us it costs about anywhere from like fifteen hundred to two thousand dollars for one run so and we're doing seven runs in a weekend on average so you're probably not really making money not really the day of necessarily Yeah, so a lot of it just comes from savings, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, but then, like, so my job on the team is to do, like, sponsorship. And so I'm just, like, always trying to, like, do a lot of it, like, on social media. Like, yeah. how can I, like, 
promote someone's product online and like make a couple bucks from that just yeah. so I can buy a set of tires. Yeah. How do you go about getting sponsors? Cause I'm sure they're not just like always coming to you. Yeah. It's, it's an, actually a very long process and I'm thinking about coming out with like a group coaching program about this for racers because I get asked a lot of time, like for advice mm-hmm. on how to help them find sponsors because a lot of people don't exactly know how to do it. Like, in the past, it would be just like cold calling or like cold yeah. messaging, like writing out a letter and mailing it to someone and like just hoping they read it yeah. and that they mail you back. Yeah. And um, that's what like my dad did in like the 80s and the 70s. And like he's kept like some of those letters. So like I've looked oh at gosh. them <laughs> and it's like it's like on like typewriter paper and like off of a typewriter like not an actual computer that's funny (laughs) and they like printed out and like glued pictures onto it so (laughs) homemade postcards yeah um so completely different nowadays so now it's um like linkedin is actually a huge way Mm -hmm. um to to kind of still do like that cold messaging yeah um but it really helps when you like have that connection Mm -hmm. and that like mutual friend so you can like reach out to them and be like, hey, who is someone that you know that works at X company that is in like their marketing department or yeah. financial department or advertising creative that would, you know, want to sit down and have a meeting with me to discuss yeah. like this opportunity. LinkedIn is great because you literally can search the business and find every single person that works yeah. for them and friend them. Yeah. <laughs> and so then bother them. LinkedIn <laughs> is huge for our industry. Um, I'll be honest and say I suck at LinkedIn. Like I, I struggle with being on it, but like it's huge if you want to do sponsorships. So just really like finding a connection at a company that like you want to work with and then like over time, like building a relationship with them. Mm-hmm. And then don't send them a proposal until they actually ask for it. Yeah. That's like the biggest thing. People just like send it right away, like in an email and the person's just automatically going to delete it or not even open it because they're like, I don't like. not personable to do that. Yeah. So it's, that's just, it takes a long process. So for us, um, I was driving two years before NGK became my title sponsor. So it took two years to get a full-time sponsor before that they were just product only no funding so it takes a long time um and like going to trade shows and like Mm -hmm. being at their booth and be like hey do you mind if I just like sign autographs for an hour and like they didn't ask you to do it but just offer it because then that's more time you can spend with them Mm -hmm. and more attention like they'll see like oh these people will actually want to come and see you and like get your autograph yeah and so like you're bringing more eyes to our product and to like our brand so a lot of it just has to do with the connection and then actually being able to have an offer to bring to them. It's not yeah. just not just putting a logo on a race car that goes 200 miles per hour that no one can read. Yeah. Um, like a lot that's of people true. think it's just <laughs> slapping a sticker on a car and that's it. It's so much more than that. It's a lot of it has to do with social media. Like, can you do like live videos talking about their products or can you do like promoted posts on like Instagram or like Facebook, whatever. Um, could you do like a how-to video on YouTube, like how to put this part on your car, like Mm -hmm. how it works? Um, Just like, what is it that you can do? Because I think a lot of people don't realize that when you're asking for a sponsorship, you're asking them to stop putting their advertising dollars into like, uh, like a billboard or like a magazine. Like that's your competition. Your competition isn't directly like other racers. It's where are they advertising at and why is that not working for them and how can you fix that problem yeah and that's what you have to sell to them yeah um so you said you want to start maybe offering a course because people have been asking you a lot and that's something i i don't struggle with but people ask me the same question over and over so i'm starting to think about maybe i need to be offering this as a service um and i've seen that you're now doing some sort of like branding course Mm -hmm. coaching i don't know talk about that a little bit because i it launched today. <laughs> yeah, so launching today is my my signature e-course called okay. Driven by Social. And um, so it's really geared towards the racing industry, but it's just like the basics of how to use Instagram and Facebook. So like really it'd be for anybody. Yeah. Um, but it's just, there's eight different sections. So it just starts off with how to make a profile, like how to set up like a creator or a business mm-hmm. profile. And then... Um, it's, it's a lot about Instagram and Facebook, but I do talk about like YouTube and Twitter 
when they're two. And then it goes into what type of brand do you want? And I talk about the 12 different archetypes and like figuring out your brand identity and figuring out your niche that you want to be in. Mm -hmm. And then like collecting your audience data from the insights. And then how does, how can you like bring that to a company and be like, this matches your target market. Mm -hmm. So like I would be a good fit for you to sponsor. Um, and then we go into like engagement tips. Um, there's a whole media section about like how to film a video with your phone, like how to put a video on YouTube. Um, I do an interview with one of our uh, favorite photographers. He's a he's really he does a lot with like ballerinas and like equestrian, but like he also does drag racing and like very talented. Yeah. So I did an interview with him and we talked all about like copyright laws and stuff like that and how to like properly give photo credit. Um, and then it goes into like analytics and like, there's this whole spreadsheet that I use every month to track, um, like my top three posts for like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube, and then all of my engagement for the month insights, stuff like that. And then it has a bunch of formulas in the spreadsheet of like percentage growth, um, engagement rate, click through rate, stuff like that. So like, those are the important numbers yeah. that I look at. Yeah. And then I actually put that into a report and send that to my sponsors every month and then sh with like screenshots of posts that like I tagged them in so they can see like how this many people looked at it this like how many comments it got so um so yeah so it's just all about like the basics um oh, oh and I did add a section in about Instagram reels because that's the okay. thing now yeah, um so so yeah so that's something just opened up today which I don't know when your podcast is going to air but it will be open until Black Friday so I'm going to okay. I'm going to do a sale on Black Friday and then it closes the Saturday after that so it'll be open for two months um and then I also have I also started a, a Facebook group to go along with it so people can start like interacting with yeah. each other and like ask questions Answer, this is how this worked for me yeah um so is this the only course that you have right now yes but you plan on is. doing more because you are retiring so like yeah. well, what are you gonna do that is a great question that i haven't figured out yet <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah so next year i will have all this time on my hands to figure out what i want to do with my life because this has been my full-time job for pretty much ever since I got out of college yeah and even while I was in college um but yeah like I do want to stick in the like social media like media world just because like I love that like I went to school for graphic design so like mm -hmm. that's where I thrive um but I don't know exactly where I want to go with it if I want to just stay freelance or if I want to just go and work for a company um we will see <laughs> yeah can you speak on branding and kind of the importance yeah so branding is huge in the racing industry I mean just like how it is in every industry um, but racing it's so important because whenever you're at the track you have your truck and trailer your pit area parked right next to the next person yeah and everyone looks exactly the same because we all have a white a white motorhome and a white trailer um, unless you have like an actual semi because According to the the DOT rules, we're actually not allowed to commercialize our truck and trailers. Like we can't have any logos on the truck and trailer. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, but oh. if you have a semi and it's like registered with an actual company, then you can. But then you have to follow like all the rules where you have to like go to the scales and you have to do the driver logs and all that. So like we don't do that. We That's kind of bypass of all that stuff, um, which we would never actually pass if we had to go through because we're probably like 50 feet over the legal length of like we're we're more than a semi and then um like if we had to go across scales like we would never pass because we load up so much like fuel and oil into yeah. the trailer like so we run um five gallons of oil or sorry five gallons of fuel every run oh and that weighs 50 pounds okay yeah. so it's like we've got thousands of pounds of yeah. this flammable fuel in our tree. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyways, so, so what can you do to make yourself stand out? Because mm -hmm. you look exactly like the person next to you. So how's a fan going to choose you over them? Yeah. And like, they don't know how good of a driver you are unless they're like a diehard racing fan. Like yeah. a lot of the times it's just people that it's their first time going. A lot of the times we get like little kids mm -hmm. that it's their first time coming to a racetrack. So what's going to draw them into your pit area yeah so that's where like I went to school for graphic design because I wanted to learn more about branding mm -hmm. I didn't 
we didn't have that in high school. I didn't know anything about it, but I knew it was important. Like I just, I knew how to use a camera cause like I'd have to take pictures of my dad racing and then I'd write up like a press release and email it to his sponsors. Yeah. But that's, that's like all I knew how to do. So it's like, we need a website and we need like, we need that to be was everywhere. right when, yeah, that was right <laughs> when social media was like starting to become like for businesses. So I learned all about printing and digital marketing, which is like, that's what I love to do. And that's what I've brought back to the industry. So like doing our autograph cards, like making our t-shirts, making the the wraps that go on the car, Mm -hmm. doing um, like our crew uniforms, hats, website, social, all that stuff. That's your branding. That's what's going to make you stick out. Yeah. And, um, you know, not all of the racers need that because a lot of them, like, it's just their hobby. So, like, they're not out there looking for sponsors, looking for funding, but 90% of them are. Yeah. So, it's like, you need to step up your game if you you actually want attention. (laughs) Yeah. I love branding. I went to school for graphic design as well, and I found that I don't. I like coming up with like the ideas for it all and like what this message is more than I physically like creating it. I like kind of just want to tell somebody else how to do it is where I found myself now, but I like that I know how to do it if I have to. Um, Yeah. That's where I'm at too. So like I, I really loved website design and when I was learning that in college, it was like pulled up a blank paper on like a word document and write the HTML and CSS code by hand. Yeah. And now like that's so outdated, but like I haven't kept up with it. So like pretty much everything I learned in college, except for like the software, like Photoshop and all that, everything else is so outdated and like, I don't know how to do it. So I'm, I'm like in that step now where it's like, I'll come up with the ideas, but like I'll hire a designer to actually come up with it for me. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just an idea generator. Can that be my job? (laughs) Um, do you have any other side hustles or passions or anything like that that you do? Well, other than um, outside of racing and, like, design, um, I just, like, love, like, camping, fishing. Um, we hunt a little bit. So um, I got into archery when I was in college because a, di- a guy that I was dating, um, he said he was a bow hunter, but he never actually did while we dated for like three years. So I'm not sure. <laughs> so not a bow hunter. He also said he was like a bull rider and again, never did that. But like, I believed him. I yeah, thought he was cool. Like one of those like redneck country yeah. kids. Um, but, um, so he, he got me a bow and I loved it. And yeah. so I'd like go to Bass Pro and shoot at the indoor range there, which was only like 15 yards. Um, and then a couple years ago, whenever my fiance and I started dating, like, he's like, he's a real hunter. So like, he's like, you need (laughs) a real bow. So, so I have the, the Eva Shockey Bowtech bow, um, which I love. And so, um, so yeah, so he's, he's really into hunting. So like, I'm really getting into it now. I'm still very beginner. Yeah. I've only shot one deer and it was two years ago because I shot one last year but I missed yeah um so he's he actually spent this past weekend like getting like filling up the feeders getting the cameras all set up um setting up all the the blinds because he he builds them on a platform okay so setting up all the blinds um so whenever I probably actually won't even get the chance to hunt until after our wedding at the end of October so like November December like that's where I'll be so that's a good time yeah time to go um, so you are getting married. Let's talk about your wedding. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Getting married in three weeks, which we were g- supposed to get married in April. Oh. But because of COVID, we had to cancel it. Um, it was about, so it was April 5th. So it was like two weeks before the wedding. We had to cancel everything. And we tried to just like elope and like just get married in my parents' backyard. Yeah. But the courthouse closed, so we couldn't get a marriage license. Oh, my gosh. And so I was, like, so upset. I was, like, because I had all this stuff, like, branded yeah. 4 5 20 with our wedding date. And so now it's, like, like these pillows and all this stuff. It's, like, okay, great. Like, I'm glad that you were still willing to want to elope and not just immediately. Yeah. Because I, I wish everybody would have just gone ahead and done that and had their party later. Like, just go ahead and get married. Like, yeah like it's fine yeah and I was like at that point like I wanted a big wedding and like I still do but at that point I was like I just want to get married like like yeah I can do the reception later 
Um, but so we ended up not doing that. We had to find a new venue because the venue that we were at, they were booked up for the rest of this year and mm-hmm. all of next year. Yep. I was like, I am not waiting two no. years to get married. Like it took nine months to to get to our wedding dates. Like I'm not waiting another year. No. <laughs> so, um, so basically had to start all over in that process, find a new venue, find a new date, and then we had to find new catering and make sure this new date worked with all of our other vendors. And thankfully it did. So we didn't have to change a whole lot, um, but like had to change flowers and like the bridesmaids got all new dresses. So um, it's almost here. So we just had our, our, we did a couple shower last weekend. And um, so I'm just, I'm not getting my hopes up just in case something crazy happens again. Oh my gosh, I hope not. But, um, but yeah, I'm just kind of at that point where like, let's just get married. Yeah. Let's just do this thing. Um, but yeah, I still want like that big, like fancy dream wedding, Yeah. but it's like, I'll just do anything to make it happen at this point. <laughs> yeah. So in two weeks you have potentially what could be your final race. And then yeah. in three weeks you'll be married. What else? Yes. What a time. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. And in the middle of launching an e-course. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm excited to see what other courses you come out with. Cause Thanks. I think there's a lot of spinoffs and stuff that you can continue yeah. to do with that. Mm-hmm. Um, So what are some big goals that you have for yourself? I know you don't really know 100% what you want to do, but I'm sure you have some idea of where you want to be. I guess my biggest goal would be that I want to like actually take time to relax Mm. next year. And like, like I've been on the go, like, like, so August is usually when we get the schedule for next year. They haven't come out with a new schedule yet, so, like, we don't even know if they'll have races next year. Um, but so, like, around August time, I'll already have the whole next year planned out. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, I'll be gone. It comes out to being gone six months total of all That's the races. Crazy. And so it's, like, okay, like, I can I can plan something with you here, but then, like, I won't be home for, like, two or three weeks. Yeah. So it's it's just been literally my entire life has been revolved around the racing schedule my goal is to not let that control my life anymore. Yeah. To just be able to actually go on a vacation mm-hmm. and like just relax and like go fishing or like yeah. go camping whenever we want and to. And somebody calls you and wants to go have a drink one night. Yeah. I'm free. Yeah. Like I'm not going to miss out on any more weddings or reunions or birthday parties. Um, yeah. I mean like I just, I want to have a normal life, which might sound weird to some people, but it's like, like being in my shoes and like being controlled by this thing it's like it's fun and it's cool and like you get to go fast and like you get to be on tv yeah. and like it's cool but like it's so stressful yeah that like it, you just have to literally sacrifice everything yeah. to make it work well and i'm sure that when you're into it as high up as you guys are there's probably like a lot of drama and there that sure kind is of stuff going on yes. too it's not just all yeah look at us there definitely is yeah so so yeah I just I want to step away from all of that like they're talking about like what's gonna possibly happen next year and they're like like my dad's like coming up with all these different situations like okay this race could probably be here like we like one racetrack closed so it's like okay which is in Chicago so it's like okay yeah. we know we're not racing in Chicago so maybe they'll race here next year maybe they'll they'll put this race on this weekend and it's like not my problem I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you think you have kids down the road? Maybe. I don't know if you want to, but if you did, would you ever try to get them into it? Um, if they want to. Yeah. Maybe? I, yeah. So that, that is the plan. Um, I want to get pregnant as soon as possible after yeah. we get married. Um, a lot of that has to do with the fact that my fiance is 40 and okay. I'm 27. So um, like he wants to have kids like yeah, as soon as possible, yeah. which like I I like I want to give that to him like he's so good with kids so it's like I want to be the one to do that yeah. um which might sound a little weird no, um <laughs> not at all but yeah so plan is to get pregnant next year have no idea how easy or complicated that's going to be Figure we'll see out. when we get there you're gonna have plenty of time yeah <laughs> um but yeah I mean we've talked about it because he races dirt bikes okay so it's like well which which path do we take them down yeah um, do we try to do both and let them pick um you know what if they regret it so yeah. we'll we'll just see when we get there but like for me like I, I still want to be like 
doing something competitive because like mm-hmm. I, I am a competitive person like I've been born and raised to like be like that you know yeah. so like next year like I want to try and still do something like in a sport but it doesn't have to be like a race car yeah um just being a part of like a league or like something um which like I'm not good at bowling but maybe I'll join a bowling league like we'll see so um so yeah we'll just see and he he's actually starting to have interest in drag racing which he does not come to my races he doesn't really have any role or any part in that part of my life Uh which works out because like in the past my sister and I have always tried to like date guys that were racers um but then like you only see them when you're at the racetrack so like when you're off for two or three months in the winter like you don't see them because they live halfway across the country yeah or um like we'll we'll try to like date a guy at home but then like force them to be like into racing yeah and it never works out because they always ask us to quit racing be like come hang out with me like you're gone all the time yeah so when I I feel that yeah when Mm -hmm. I met Adam he was actually the first guy to be like, I don't care if you race, like, that's your thing, he's like, I'm gonna do my thing, because, like, he, he hunts, he has a razor, he's got his dirt bike, like, he's like, I've got so many hobbies, like, I'm gone all the time anyways, so, like, you go do your thing, um, so it's actually worked out very well for us, but, like, when I am home, I'll try and do whatever he's doing, so if it's fishing, or riding mountain bikes, or going to one of his dirt bike races, which, are very boring <laughs> yeah but I I'll, I'll go anyway it's just for more support yeah um but yeah so so next year like we'll be doing more of like his stuff but yeah. when it comes to kids I mean we're just gonna figure out when we get there like yeah if if we're both still into racing like he's talked about buying like a muscle car and fixing it up and like drag racing with that so maybe next year he'll he'll you know sit or get rid of the dirt bike and then maybe start drag mm-hmm. racing. So we'll just see. But I, I would like to expose them to the sport. Um, I think they would love it. Like for me, when I raced junior dragsters um, from when I was 10 to 18, that was the most fun I've ever had racing because we just had our little community in Kansas yeah. City at a track that we raced at, which is no longer open. Um, actually, the very last race that I did with my junior dragsters before I was too old to race it was actually the last race that the track had before it closed. Oh, wow. So it was very um, sentimental, but yeah. a lot of those kids that I grew up with are still racing. Most of them got out of it. Like a lot of them got out when they were like 14, 15, 16, mm-hmm. and like wanted to do other sports. But the ones that stayed in it, like we're still really close friends with. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of it has to do with the fact that like we did it on our own as soon as we were old enough to, because my dad was still racing, doing his thing. So, like, whenever I got my driver's license, he's like, here you go. Like, if you want to race, you're on your own. Yeah. So, we had to learn how to do everything by ourselves, which really made us, like, love it and, like, want to do it more and really, like, made us passionate about it. Yeah. So, for me, like, that was the most fun I had. So, like, I would like to, like, have my kids do it. Mm -hmm. But it's up to them if they want to. Yeah. Well, that's a good way to go about it, I think. Yeah. Um, Final question, I guess. Who do you look up to? Who are some of your inspirations? Um, like in the racing industry or outside? Just in general. General. Um, this might be cheesy, but like Eva Shockey is oh, like yeah. one of the ones I look up to the most. Mm-hmm. She like, I started following her on social media when like I was in college and when I started getting archery because she's just like the biggest one out there. Yeah. And I like just loved her. So that's kind of why I have the Eva Shockey bell. Yeah. Um, but like in the racing industry, like, a lot of it is just like the other girls that race yeah. that are professionals like the the one from the movie right on track the disney movie uh-huh. um like me and her are kind of good friends and she she also won a championship last year so like we got to take a like we got to both be up on stage and like That's give awesome. speeches so yeah it's pretty cool um but yeah and then also i mean there's a couple guys out there um that like just the ones that have kind of helped me along the way Mm -hmm. that haven't like dismissed me or um just been like creepy you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah just like Um, brotherly help like trying to help yeah yeah exactly I mean of course like then there's my dad yeah so I'm sure (laughs) I mean (laughs) a given we are (laughs) yeah 
Well, that's awesome. Um, I appreciate your time today and let me come check out the shop and everything. Let the people know where to find you and where to find your new course. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at MeganMeyer.Racing. And then my website is also MeganMeyer.Racing. My e-course is MeganMeyer.Racing forward slash driven by social course. And it's open till the day after Black Friday. I think it's like 28th or something like that. I don't know. Sometime in November. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. You can find me at sideboobs.sidehustles and my personal page at Britt.Ferris. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you next week. Bye.